Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Unusual, but that's how you know it's the Holy Ghost. Somebody, I don't know if it would be a grandchild, a, a niece, but it's somebody in your family. It's a, it's a smaller child that there's a real physical attack against that child. Now, it's not somebody here in the church. It's somebody's, somebody's grand. Uh, son, granddaughter, uh, a niece. Am I making myself clear? Niece, nephew, something like that. But they've just really had a real physical attack against their body. Who is, is, that, is that somebody in here? Lift your hand up. Is that you guys? Come here. Come here. A little, a little child. Three years. That's it right there. That's it right there. What's the baby's name? What's wrong with it? Uh-huh. Okay. That's right. That, well, let's just, that's it. That's it right there. That's it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift this child up in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for healing power now. Uh, going into that child's body in Jesus' name. We release that anointing from this meeting tonight. Going right to where he is. And I thank you, Father, that divine health begins to reign and rule in his body. In the name of Jesus, devil, get your hands off this innocent child. And Father, I thank you right now that his immune system, that everything in his body begins to function correctly, and that, Father, he's able to resist and fight off sicknesses and diseases that cuts and scrapes, heal, and that supernaturally, Father, even those that are around him, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, grandparents, they see a notable change and recognize that God has touched this child. We thank you for it, Father. Release it in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands up and thank I'm going to kind of start a little series tonight. I've kind of inspired by, I, by what we taught last week on keeping things simple. Amen. Isn't it good when you keep things simple? We want things to be simple and easy, but we also want to stay right in the Word of God, right with what the Word of God wants now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, once a person gets born again, the primary assignment of the believer after he is born again is to grow up in God. Many of the problems that Christians face today in their lives, in their marriages, in their finances, in their, in their behavior, many of the problems are a result of no growth. Most things in your life, you can just outgrow them if you will grow up in God. I know when I first came to the Lord, that was, I guess, I don't know why God did it for me, but he did it, and I'm so glad he did, and I still have a revelation of it today. But when I first came back to the Lord, I had a real revelation of what a spiritual babe I was, of how much I needed to be taught, of how much I needed to be in church, how much I needed uh, to pray and read my Bible. And even today, there are some areas of my life in which I have found some maturity, but there are still other areas that I'm working on and, 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 and praying and studying and trying to grow up in all of those areas. Amen. So we must understand it is the will of God that after we're saved, after we're born again, that we grow up in the things of God. 
Things that you outgrow spiritually are things that will never bother you again in your life. You may have developed certain character traits, traits in your personality. You may have developed things because of fear and intimidation. You may have developed addictions or afflictions or whatever may be in your life. But I guarantee you, when you begin to grow up in the things of God, when you begin to grow up spiritually, many of those things just fall off of you. You're no longer subject to the temptation of those things because you outgrow it. You just outgrow it. Many of the sicknesses and disease that are, uh, you know, things that doctors tell you you're going to have to live with, you know, arthritis and diabetes. Well, you just have to learn to live with those things. Many of those sicknesses and diseases like that, you can out, just outgrow them. You just dig into the healing scriptures, get into the Word of God when it comes to healing, and just grow right out of that sickness and disease where you don't even have to worry about it anymore, where you're just healed and, and totally set free from it. Amen? So let's look here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Then we'll go over to the book of Ephesians. It says in verse 1 of 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. Boy, it's good to lay aside all that, isn't it? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So basically he's saying, if you've been born again, you are a newborn babe in Christ. That's what you are. Now, one of the areas we struggle in in this church, and we're still praying and believing God for supernatural insight, and that is to be able to take care of newborn babes in Christ. There is a fine line between forcing people to come to church and creating a place where people want to come to church. When a person comes forward and gets saved, you just can't go camp out on their doorstep and say, you need to be in church every service. They still have a will. They still have a desire. But there are some things we need to develop, and we are developing them right now because we're fixing to go in. I mean, it's just amazing. In the, in the last two weeks, we've got a whole storeroom full of chairs. We've got a whole room back there full of all kinds of sound equipment, and we've got a tent. Now, now, you know, I mean, God is saying to us, it's time to go into the harvest field. Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of newborn babes in Christ, and we're going to have to learn how to help them grow by feeding them on that sincere milk of the Word of God. But the problem with a lot of Christians is, is that there are, there are people that get saved, even filled with the Holy Ghost, and even come to church on a regular basis, but still don't grow up. And one of the reasons they don't is because, first of all, they don't understand the need for it. There is a great need in your life to grow up spiritually. You know, I've talked to people since I've been pastoring. Now I'm into my 11th year of pastoring, into my 29th year of ministry. And I've talked to people and talked to people. Most of the offended people I've talked to. Most of the people that I've, got, I've, I've talked to that's gotten mad at their church or they're mad at their pastor or mad at something else that's going on or this that's happening, most of them are people that have never grown out of a babyhood state in their walk with God. And when things got a little uncomfortable, they do exactly what a baby does. They let you know it. Amen? So in studying and meditating on these things and understanding, I begin to look at some of the things or I begin to meditate on some of the things. First of all, what are the traits or characteristics of a babe in Christ? What are things that I, you know, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to get you to, you know, recognize that in me. You need to recognize that in yourself. Because the more we can recognize that in ourselves, the more we can work in ourselves. I'm the one that has to recognize it in me. Doesn't you do you any good to recognize it in me? Doesn't do me any good to recognize it in you. But what does do us good is to recognize, hey, man, there are areas in my life 
in my spiritual walk with God that I just hadn't grown up in yet. So I need to work on those areas. I need to grow up. Now listen, aside from anything that's repetitive when it comes to sin. Now let me just say this right up front. If there are areas in your life that you're involved in that are repetitive when it comes to sin, you may float along for a few weeks, months, or years in that type of behavior. But eventually, that trap will slam shut on you. Let me say that again. Because that's what it is. It it is a trap. That trap will slam shut shut on you. And I've seen people that were mature in the things of God that still played with little areas of sin in their life, little areas of things in their life that they should have gotten rid of a long time ago. So we're really not talking about the subject of sanctification. We are going to teach on the subject of sanctification because that's one of the areas nobody ever teaches on anymore. And one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is people do not live sanctified any longer. Amen. I mean, people get around me and they kind of get mad because I don't dance where the world dances. I don't listen to the music the world listens to. And they kind of put it off on me. Well, he's an old Pentecostal. He comes from an old Pentecostal background. They're full of legalism and this like that. Man, I'm telling you, that's not the truth. Listen, we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We shouldn't do what they do, say what they say, go where they go, drink what they drink, smoke what they smoke, amen, or anything else. We should not be part of it. Paul wrote to us and said, come ye out from among them. What? Fellowship hath darkness with light. Now notice, babes in Christ. Here are some of the traits. Number one, babes in Christ are easily irritated. Easily irritated. If there are things about serving God that easily irritate you, that's an area in your life you need to grow up. Isn't it amazing how a baby, as long as you keep them them comfortable, they're okay. But as soon as they get irritated, they start crying. They start crying and making a fuss. So you do everything you can do to get them comfortable again because their irritation irritates you. I remember the first time, Leah Leah for several months put, put Breland to bed at night. So my first time to put Breland, because I was still traveling a lot when Breland was little. So my first time to put Breland to bed. I'll never forget this. We talked about it the other night. We just laughed. So it was my time. So we were up, I was upstairs, and I rocked her. We had a certain routine, and I rocked her and got her comfortable. And she finally, I mean, it took a long time. I was praying over her, singing to her. All, I finally got her to sleep. She fell. So I got up real slow and eased over to the crib and as I lifted her up to, she hung her foot in the crib when I lifted and as soon as she hung her foot and I dropped her down that foot hung and popped over like that and man she let me know real quick I am no longer in a place of comfort I am irritated and it is amazing how many times people get ir- just, just irritable they're just irritable listen there is so much in the world that will irritate you I mean, at your job, when you got to deal with the world, at Walmart, at all, ever driving. My biggest problem, my biggest problem is driving through Houston. Most of the times, by the time I get on the other side of the loop, I got to pull over and get saved again. I mean, it's just, hey, man, that's why I don't carry a concealed handgun. I'd have just shot somebody by now. I mean, there are areas in all of our lives where there's still that 
area of irritability. I thought, you know, so many times in my life, I thought I had areas of my life that were so mature. Well, when I started pastoring, I figured out real quick, after being on the road for 20 years and not being a pastor, but being a field minister, I figured out real quick, I never hung around many sheep. I wasn't around people. You know what I found out irritated me? People. So I've had to do some growing up in that area. I wouldn't be here tonight. I had to do some real growing up in that area because I used to just get up and preach and have Holy Ghost meetings, turn right over to the pastor and walk right into the office and say, see you later. You deal with it, Bubba. Amen. Now I've got to deal with it. So easily irritated. Secondly, they'll eat anything. They'll eat anything. You give them glue, they'll eat glue. You give them an eraser, they'll chew on an eraser. You've got to be very careful what you feed a baby. Because if you put anything around there, that's not good. And that's why as you come into the body of Christ and you begin to grow up in the things of God, you've got to be careful what you read. You've got to be careful what you listen to in your ear. You've got to be careful what you watch, even Christian television. You've got to be very careful. I watched some stuff the other day. I watched it. Actually, it was a repeat of a broadcast that was broadcast in 1994 with two prophets on there. And I thought to myself after watching about 15 minutes, I thought, why are you replaying this? Because everything they said is false and has been proven false in the years since, the, since you first aired this particular program. Now think about that. Everything they said when they said it in 1994 was false, but from 1994 to 2013, it was proven false. But they still aired the program. Be careful what you feed you. There are books out there. Be careful of the novels. Be careful of all the different things. You know, there's a lot of stuff being taught on spiritual warfare. You study your New Testament. You look in your New Testament. There is never any reference to spiritual warfare when it comes to the believer's victory and the devil. Spiritual warfare is only mentioned when it's talking about you winning the war of your physical flesh and your mind. Other than that, Jesus has won the war. A lot of that gets taught. A lot of that gets taught about ministry, all kinds of stuff, apostles and prophets and these prophetic words and this stuff and that stuff. You better be careful. Anybody, and I've noticed people, they come in, they get saved, and they get so excited, they just start eating everything, eating everything. Every book they can get their hands on, every television, every meeting they can go to. Listen, not every meeting you go to is a good one. You go to some meetings, you'll pick up a devil. I said, you go to some meeting. That's why I tell people, now listen, you're free. You can do anything you want to, but I just warn you as a pastor, don't go to meetings that are not held in churches. Now, if it's a reputable evangelist like Benny Hinn who has 20 churches support, that's different. Come on, church. I'm just talking about prophet so-and-so that goes to the Holiday Inn and, you know, comes and does this and does that. No churches, no churches support it. He doesn't go to any of the churches, but he just wants to come and, quote, minister to you and give you a word and do this and do that. You'll get something in one of those meetings, and it may take you years to get out of your life. My question is, why doesn't he come to the churches? And I've heard him say, well, none of the churches I have me. Well, I wonder why. It's because every church you go into, you tear to pieces. You don't bless them. You don't help them. And it's amazing how most of those people, what they'll do is you go to their meeting, they'll get you on a mailing list, and they'll start pumping letter after letter after book after letter after letter and fill you full of all kind of garbage. Next thing you know, you're so confused, you don't know if you're supposed to go to church or not or follow this nut all around the country. Just trying to help you. Be careful. Don't eat everything that comes on. Yeah. 
Also, babes in Christ, they're needy and dependent. Now, these are two of the areas we're working on here at Island Church to figure out how to meet the needs of the spiritual babes in Christ because they're dependent upon the church to do it. Amen. That's why, listen, let me just exhort you because I know this is Wednesday night. On Sunday mornings, when you see these people get saved and come up and give their hearts to the Lord and they go back in the counseling room. Now, we're doing some things in there to try to contact them, try to continue to, 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 to minister to them. But you as a believer also, don't just run out the door. Think, well, I got to go do this. Too. No, you got to ministry yourself also. You shake their hand. You put their arm around them. You welcome them into the family of God. You, gotta, you need to join this church. Do this. No, you let God lead them to the church they need to be in. But you welcome them into the family of God. You encourage them. If you see them out in the street or out in the public, you say, hey, man, I saw you at Island Church the other night. Man, why don't you come, come back to church with me? Why don't you do that? If we will do that and be faithful to minister to those that are... Listen, would you take your newborn child and put them off in a room somewhere and then call for something? Yeah, we're having supper. Well, where's the baby? Well, it didn't show up. Oh, well, I guess he's not hungry. Well, I guess not, you know. It's, it's just more for me, so you just eat more, you know. Well, it wouldn't be too long. Social services would come, and that'd take your child away. Amen. Well, there's some areas we're going to have to tighten up. Believe God for a little bus, maybe, to start bringing people to church. Start going around and picking them up. Start calling them up. Amen. Sending them letters. Sending them tapes. If they need for us to come by and visit, we might have to start some visitation teams. Glad you're so excited, church about amping up some of this activity. These are things we have to do because when these people get saved, they're babes. They don't know what to do. They're needy. They're dependent, just like a newborn child is needy and dependent. Amen? And then the fourth thing I put down, now we're just kind of scratching the surface. We're going to dig in this a little deeper in the next few weeks. But the fourth thing I put down is they must be protected. I tell you, you don't protect your child. You'll get yourself, your child, you'll, you'll hurt it. It'll injure itself. It'll hurt itself. You turn a child loose with a, with, a, with a sharp knife, they'll stick themselves with it. You, talk, you, you talk, turn a child loose with uh, something that's corrosive or poison, uh, they'll drink it. They'll do something. I mean, they're not, they don't have, they're not developed mentally to the point that they can make the decisions they need to be. Listen, people that just get born again, they need to be protected, and the church is the institution that protects them or should protect them. I've seen people too. It's amazing to me why they do it. People that I don't know, they get sideways with churches. They don't like pastors. They don't like this. They don't like that. They don't like... problem many times is a submission problem. The Bible says to submit yourself, therefore, to God. Everybody say to God. Now, I'm not real big on preaching on pastoral or apostolic or prophetic submission because if you present or you submit yourself to God, everything else is pretty much automatic. You don't have to be going around, yeah, you, you need to be in submission to me or submission to this or something. But there is an element of submission that when people violate that and try to steal the sheep out of the flock of God, I guarantee you that is really a problem. The Bible calls those type of people ravenous wolves that go in many times after the lambs. That's why I'm real careful to watch who talks to people. We've seen them. I've seen them come in here to the church before. And just, you know, I've had the prophets. I've had the apostles. I've had the, what were those warriors that came from California that time? And, you know, I see them. They go out in the parking lot and they try to minister. They try to do that. Well, I just walk right up to them and say, hey, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? Well, I, I'm prophet so-and-so. I'm sent from Atlanta, Georgia. I got years and years of ministry experience. God said, and what I'm telling me this, God told me that I was to come to Galveston, and only the people that submit to me are the people that will have revival on this island. I looked at her and said, you're a liar. I didn't like that at all. I said, you're a liar. That's not the truth. I said, you hadn't prayed. You hadn't believed God. You hadn't given a nickel. You just showed up here on an airplane, rented a car, and drove down here to see what you could do. Man, I tell you, you talk about getting irritated. You talk about getting mad. That person got mad. They were ready to chop my head off. I would just, see you later. I don't want them messing with the sheep. You got to protect them. I said, there, there is an element of protection there. Amen. How's my time? Oh, my time's getting away. Now, real quick. That's babes, just a minute. Go to, go to Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Now, I like this in Ephesians. Look at verse 7. It says, but to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Isn't that good that we all have a measure of grace? I thank God that I've got a measure of grace to pastor Island Church. You have a measure of grace to be an usher or a greeter. You have a measure of grace to be a Sunday school teacher. You have a measure of grace to work in the children's ministry, to work in the youth ministry, a measure of grace to sing on the praise team. We love people to operate in their measure of grace because then we know there's a supernatural element to what you do. Isn't that good news? It says, but to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended what is also, but he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is also the same that ascended far, up, far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of, the, edifying of, the body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Everybody say a perfect man. Now, that is where God desires for us to end up, in the position of a perfect man. Now, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, notice verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, we looked at babes. Now, children. Everybody say children. Now, we all got areas in our life where we're still babes and we're growing. We all have areas in our lives where we're children and we need to grow even more. Are you with me? I mean, if you're not, if you're fully perfected, we'll get you up here and let you do this. But here's the thing. There's areas in all of our life where we do have some maturity. There are areas in all of our lives where there has been some perfection that has been wrought. But in all of our lives, there are still areas where we have that babe mentality and we have that children's mentality. Now, let's look at children for a minute. Number one, children are undependable. And we're learning that raising an 11-year-old girl right now. Clean up your room, Breland. Is your room clean? That, that, our parrot now says, clean up your room, Breland. Is your room clean, Breland? You say, why does your parents say that? Because Leah says it so much. You say, why? She's not. What I did the other day for Valentine's Day, I got Breland a plant. I want to see if it's going to live or die in her room. So I put a plant up there. I said, this is your plant. Amen? I even named it. I named it Sweeney. That's its plant. This is your plant. Its name is Sweeney. 
So you're going to have to keep this plant alive. It's going to teach her some dependability. I mean, she wants a pet. Well, you're not going to get a pet. Can't keep a plant, keep a plant alive. I don't want to go up, the, go up there and find a dead cat laying on the floor. Amen. Well, many times in the body of Christ, there are areas of our life where, you know, you just can't depend on certain people. Well, you've got to be dependable. Listen, if you're an usher, be here when you're scheduled to usher. And when you're not scheduled to usher, come to church. If you're on the praise team, everybody say hallelujah for the praise team. Don't just show up when you're supposed to sing. Be dependable to sit in the, in, in, the, in the pew and hear the word of God taught. Let there develop in you some dependability because I guarantee you if you can be depended on, you will have some character in you where you can learn to depend on God. A lot of children, I mean, you do things. You tell them, when I was a kid, my dad would say, go mow the yard. I had, you know, he'd take off, go around the corner. I'd go do something else. I learned through much suffering and pain, much discipline. That when he said mow the yard, he didn't mean go play baseball down the street. Uh, Y'all have never dealt with this with your children, I guess. No, they're just undependable. But they have to be taught and disciplined. The same thing is true of children in the body of Christ. Oh, my goodness. Second thing, talkative. Will they ever shut up? Once they learn to talk, they talk and talk and talk and talk. And we got people today in the body of Christ that just, good night. If you would just take a breath. I heard one guy, he's uh, one, one particular person I knew that just won't shut up. I mean, they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And so was, this other gentleman would say, do you know this guy? I said, yeah, I know him. He says, yeah. He said, man, talking to him is trying, like trying to get a drink of water out of a fire hydrant. Amen. Let me just say something. We've got that on several levels. Communication. Some people won't leave the internet. You got to be on Facebook all the time. You got to be on Twitter all the time. You got always be text messaging. You might not just be talking with your mouth all the time, but you're communicating constantly, 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 constantly. Always, always, always. Shut up. Learn the discipline of quietness. As a believer, you've got to the beat, got to get to the place where you can get yourself quiet. And it's amazing how sometimes, listen, just because you've been born again six months don't mean you know everything. Got to tell us how to do everything and how to do this, how to do that. It's amazing. I remember one time, one of the most hilarious things I ever witnessed in my life. Leah and I and, and, and Uncle Al went flounder fishing with, Bre with Breland. She was about five. And so Leah and I were back on the back of the boat trying to catch a flounder. And, and, and Breland was up front telling Uncle Al how to flounder fish. You remember that? I mean, and she went on, and she ain't got a clue on how to catch flounder. But she went on and on and on, and Lee and I sat back there and just laughed and laughed and laughed. She was just making it up as she went. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's a real trait of a child, of immaturity. I mean, it really doesn't matter what the subject is. We'll just kind of make it up as we go along, you know. It doesn't really matter. No, we're not lying. We're just telling you what we think we might know. Amen. I mean, it's amazing. No, no. I mean, there's been times when she was, yeah, when, when Breland was young, we tried to put her to bed. She wanted to talk. No, be quiet. Time to go to bed. No, be quiet. Time. You just got, it's time to shut up. Time to be quiet. Listen, spiritually, there comes times when you have to learn to be still. And to be quiet 
in your prayer time, you're not, isn't it amazing? We go to God and pray four hours. Oh, she got up. And then we, oh, that's it. You know, go slam the door and God's going. I did have something to say to you. I do happen to be God. Here you talk for four hours and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Curious. Children are curious. I mean, you take a bag and fold it up, put something in it, put it on the table. You watch how long it takes your kid to go there and start looking in it. Amen? Well, there are some things that, you know, curiosity killed the cat. There are some things you just don't need to be curious about. It's amazing. You take a person with childlike traits in their spirituality, and they're real quick to talk, real quick to gossip. Anything they get a hold of, they're very curious about. Do you hear about what happened to so-and-so? No, but I'll find out. And man, they'll get on the phone, they'll get on the internet, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, get on Facebook and Twitter, and they'll text message, and next thing you know, they'll call you back, I got the story now. Well, you know, some of those stories you don't need to hear anymore. Some of those stories, you know, you know how gossip works. It begins with one little truth that gets amplified into a great big lie. When I was in Bible school, we had a teacher that proved it to us. Took 10 people and took them outside in the hall of our, of our uh, LBI, Lakewood Bible Institute uh, uh, classroom. There's about 120 of us in class. And so it brought, brought one guy in and he said, now I want you to go pick one and tell a story to him. Just, just make up a simple story. So some story about a cat going down the street and doing something. And so that person had to tell it to the next person. As they told it to the next person, you know, out of the ear range of the other people. By the time it got to the 10th person, that story was nothing Nothing. Now, these are Bible school students that, are, that, that know the, what's going on, that know this, this exercise is to show how stories get twisted. So we're going to do our best to make sure we tell the same thing. But everybody stretched it a little bit their way, gave their little twist to it. And when the story, by the time the 10th person came into the class and told the story, it wasn't even the same story that was told. Did you know by the time most of the gossip gets to you, it's now a lie? And I like what one preacher said about, you know, the news. He said, you know, when it comes to, we've got to know what's going on. He said, you know, yesterday's newspaper is good for nothing but the bottom of the birdcage. It's not even relevant anymore. You know, curiosity, spiritual things. Be patient. Be taught the Word of God. Prove some things out in Christ. Make a decision that, you know, I'm not just going to jump. You know what it said over here in the Scripture that we read? Every wind of doctrine that blows by. You know, them winds of doctrine, I watched them come the past three decades. I watched them come and go, my, 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 the one that just was, was the funniest, because it really didn't do a lot of harm. There wasn't a lot of harm to it. But the way they presented it, the way they preached it. Listen, we're in a new covenant, and I don't need Jabez's blessing. There's still, I can't get everybody to laugh on that anymore because some of you still, oh, what do you mean, man? I got my J-Bass cup. I got my J-Bass t-shirt. I got my J-Bass, I pray the J-Bass prayer over my, but listen, listen, listen. It was just a wind that blew through. No, no, we're in Christ. You have the blessings of Abraham because Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. There is a little bit of relevance to what was taught there, but here's the thing. You don't have to go ask God for a blessing every day. You've already been blessed with all spiritual things in heavenly places, in Christian. And you get up and preach that back in 1998, 99, and 2000, and people would boo at you because they got the J-Bass t-shirt. They got the J-Bass cup. They got the J-Bass notebook. They got the J-Bass this, the J-Bass that, and they held all the testimonies. I'm gonna pray that every miracle I get, God gives you a miracle. 
Where's that in the Bible? Well, I got all these testimonies. I don't care. It's amazing how many testimonies that you investigate are really not near as true as they are when they're told. That's why I do my best to keep all mine straight. Because if you go study Romans 3, 7, which says, if the glory of God is enhanced by my lie, why am I still counted as a sinner? Which means if I help out and fudge for God, how come, how come am, I all this, and, and, am I in all this trouble? It's because a lie is a lie to God. A lie is a lie to God. Amen? Number four. Totally controlled by feelings. Children. I don't feel like going to school. Are you sick? No. I just don't feel like it. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to play baseball. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't feel like I don't feel it. Anybody like that? Know what I'm talking about? Totally controlled by feelings. How do you feel today? I don't want to. Nobody ever feels like doing homework. Nobody ever feels like going to school on Monday morning. Come on, church. Nobody ever feels like going back to school after Christmas holiday. Nobody ever feels like taking a test. Nobody ever feels like going to the dentist. Nobody ever feels like making their bed, cleaning up their room. Nobody ever, quote, feels like it. Many times we as children in the body of Christ are so motivated, moved by our feeling. Amen. Well, I, didn't, I just don't feel like it's the Lord. Well, what does the Word say? It doesn't matter what you feel like. Well, I feel like I need to go do this, and I feel like I need to go do that, and I feel like this. And I Listen, if you're controlled by your feelings, you will always be led by them, and the devil knows how to give you a feeling that will lead you in the wrong direction. I just don't feel, I had somebody tell me, I just don't feel like I'm being fed. I said, your problem is not being fed. I'm giving you a lot to eat. You're just not eating it. Amen. So you've got to understand there's a lot of people that all it takes for the enemy to motivate them and to move them around is to give them a little feeling, just a little feeling. That's all it takes is a little feeling. Now, man, my time's gone. One more. Let's do one more real quick, all right? Children. Ready for this one? Complain about their diet. You ever put something on the on the table? There you've 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 cooked and cooked, enslaved and got a new recipe and put it on there and they're like, no. I want to go to a prophecy conference. No, I don't want to listen to any teaching deals with my character. I want to find out where Noah's Ark is. That's what I want to find out. <laughs> Amen. Children are always, and now if it was left, let me just ask you a question. Anybody's got a, got a child, 12 or under, 13 or under, like I got one that's, if you let them come up with their own diet, if you did not feed them, if you said, all right, honey, the refrigerator, the cabinet, have at it. And if that's not enough, here's daddy's credit card. You go down to Kroger, get anything you want. How long would it take? How long would it take? It would not take long. Listen, trust the Holy Ghost through the pastor when he's teaching, through the prophet when he's teaching, through the evangelist when he's preaching, 
through the teacher when he's teaching. Touch, trust the Holy Ghost to feed you the diet you need. Because there may be things you don't want to eat. You say, I don't know if I want to talk about finances. I don't know. You know, I've always had trouble with my finances and they're a real problem to me and I don't want to think about them anymore. And I just, and somebody come in and start teaching on finances. You don't want, I don't want that. I, no, I don't want to be told that I need to cut up my credit cards. I don't want to be told I can't do this. I don't want to be told. I, you may need a good diet of somebody teaching on finances to help heal you financially. You may need some good teaching on marriage to heal your marriage. You may need some good teaching on healing to heal your body. You may need some good teaching on character growth and development or growing up spiritually to help you to walk in peace in every area of your life. So don't be children, what? Tossed to and fro. To Learn to be quiet. When we talk about talking, so many words. You know, uh, there's a scripture over in Ecclesiastes that says this. It says, a fool is known by the multitude of his words. I've learned to be quieter. As the older I've grown in the Lord, I've become quieter than I used to be. I don't engage myself in many conversations anymore. I just try to be quiet before the Lord. I learn to pray, and a lot of my prayer time, I spend just, you know, I'll spend about an hour in prayer. Then I may spend 30, 45 minutes just sitting there, keeping my mind still, aware of my spirit on the inside of me. Knowing that that's where God speaks, not to my mind. Rejecting thoughts that try to come in. Building myself anytime. You're going to grow a child up. You're going to have to deal with its diet and its activities. It's good exercise. That's why I notice on, on, uh, on TV, some of the sports stars, you know, get out and play for an hour. Well, we never, most of us never worried about that in our day. Our, my mom and dad, especially in the summertime, we got up, ate breakfast. They kicked us out of the house. I mean, we didn't have computers or games or anything like that. But today, kids, you got to get them up. You got to get them out from in front of the computer. You got to get them out there. You got to get them exercising. Well, if you're going to grow up spiritually, you're going to need a good diet. You're going to need good exercise. And every church that's doing what God desires to do, according to his word, not just in this day, but any day, is going to provide you opportunity for good food, for good food to eat, and then something to do, exercise. Where you can exercise your faith, believe God with us corporately, believe God, walk out the things we're walking out, and then in your own personal life, you do the same thing. And next thing you know, you look around, and a few weeks, a few months, and a few years have gone by, and you look back and you think, man, how stupid I used to. Man, I can't believe I used to act like that. Used to think like that. Used to talk like that. But then God has grown you up. Has grown you up. And then you know what happens when you grow up a little bit? He starts showing you other areas. And it's a continual process. There should all, Brother Osteen taught us years ago. He said, always make sure the biggest room in your spiritual house is the room for improvement. If you will, God can always use you, always help you, always, always speak to you, and always grow you up into what God's called you to be. Amen. Praise God. I went over time. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411. 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.